Raise your right hand and say hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, you know, uh, this evening, the topic we are going to speak on is well known to all of you. What's the topic? Jonah. Okay, you know, when we talk about Jonah, what is the first thing that comes to mind when we talk about the prophet Jonah? Whale. Are you hungry? He wants whale, fish and all. Okay, don't worry, we'll feed you with some word of God now. Praise the Lord. When you, when you reflect on the book of Jonah, what is the theme that comes to many of us? Repentance, yes, that's the you know, very simple thing. But then, yeah, uh, that's not a theme, no? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So normally we talk about repentance. But the book of Jonah is much more than just repentance alone. In fact, it's a wonderful book to understand the call of God in everyone's life. And that's what we're going to focus on today. You know, book of Jonah has only four chapters. You can easily read it in one sitting without any problem. But when you look at these four chapters, each chapter gives us a reflection on a, a certain aspect of our spiritual journey. You know, the first chapter begins with the rebellion of Jonah. The second chapter, what does it focus on? The prayer of Jonah. Prayer, Jonah prays in that second chapter. The third you know, uh, chapter talks about the proclamation of Jonah and the response of the people to that proclamation. And the fourth chapter is the after effect of that proclamation of Jonah. How he feels about the proclamation itself. So, when you divide it and you actually understand something about our own calling in this. You know, this book of Jonah is about the basic steps about conversion. You know, how does it begin with? If you have the Bibles, you can open and follow along with me. We'll go through, as, as we do a Bible study, we'll go through this book of Jonah. Now, it begins by saying, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at this. This book begins by you know, mentioning the word came to Jonah. A call coming to Jonah. We are all called people. That's what the first thing as Christians, as Catholics, we need to understand. We are called people. Now, you know, when you look at the philosophy of the world, it's all about self-realization. You know, my goals, my ideas, my plans, my achievements, my objectives. So everything about one's own self. And the, you know, today's world outside, true greatness is about, you know, our own self-realization, our goals. But when you actually look at the Bible, none of this is biblical. You know, the biblical heroes are all people who are called by the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When you look at all the heroes in the Bible, they were all called people. You take anyone, right from, no, we start with Noah, Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, you know, Gideon, Ezekiel, Isaiah, you know, go on like that. Every hero in the Bible, every spiritually successful people in the Bible are called people. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah. You know, we need to understand we are a summoned people. What is this calling? What is this calling we talk about? When we talk about a calling... What do you understand by a calling? When we say calling, we are all called people. What is it? What do you understand by that? 
at least say you don't understand no hey, yeah brother specific purpose yeah you know it's yeah beyond all that yes there are specific callings which we may, maybe we'll reflect on a little bit but more than that it's the greater will of god you know enveloping or overshadowing our own will that's what you go by calling when we say we are a called people it's no more my will it's no more my desire it's no more what i want but rather allowing the will of god allowing the greater plan of god to envelop and overshadow everything of my own will this is a sign of a calling praise the lord hallelujah the plan of god to be you know fulfilled in my life overthrowing my own plan overthrowing my own ideas the plan of god being implanted in my life is actually the purpose of calling praise the lord we read in the letter to the ephesians uh, chapter 1 verses 19 to 21 ephesians 1 19 to 21 let's listen to this word of god one of you can read it who has taken it a little loudly yes what is the immeasurable greatness of god's power for us um yeah according to the working of his power yes god put this power to work in christ mm see god put his infinite power into jesus christ now when we say we are a called people it also means that infinite power of god overtaking the finite power in me you know we are all limited people but when we allow the infinite power of god to overtake us overshadow us envelop us and take authority over us then then we are responding to the call of god praise the lord otherwise i can limit the working of god by putting my limited power my limited ability into work or rather allow the infinite power of god to work in me that's what jesus did jesus came in the form of a human flesh like you and me though he was the son of god but what is the greatness of jesus he responded to the call of the heavenly father by allowing the infinite power of god to be put into him praise the lord hallelujah this is what we mean by that so when we have this call therefore we are all a called nation a call coming to you and me and what is we to do simply to surrender to this call of god that's the idea this is the idea of biblical spiritual greatness when a call comes to you and me when the call of god comes to you and me simply surrender to it praise the lord hallelujah that's where you find jonah a little interesting character going about you know this call first came in the garden of eden garden of eden you know uh, god created adam in his own image and likeness gave him dominion over every creation and also gave him a partner to be with him but the problem is we all know man rebelled against god's power working in him and committed sin but then there itself god's call came in came to adam we read in genesis 3:8 can you read that genesis 3:8 
Okay, look at this. The Lord God called to the man. A call coming in the Garden of Eden. But the problem is, Adam did not surrender to this call of God. Praise the Lord. The moment he you know, refused to surrender to this call of God, what happened? Another power controlled him. Praise the Lord. Actually, sin did not, you know, Adam did not lose the grace of God by the sin that he committed alone. Yes, that was the root cause of it. But when he did not respond to this call of God, that's when another power took over him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So you see constantly in the Bible, a call coming to people. In Genesis chapter 7 verses 1, a call came to Noah. Maybe read one or two of that. Genesis 7, 1. The Lord said to Noah. Okay, that's fine. That's enough. So the Lord said, the Lord spoke, the Lord called, called Noah and said, get into the ark, you and your family. Now, Noah responded to this call of God. And you see Noah and his family being saved. You know, that's what I'm trying to tell you. The secret biblical greatness is to surrender to this call of God. Praise the Lord. Again, in Genesis 12, 1, we see Abraham receiving this call. Let's listen to that also. Okay, look at this. Again, a call. Abraham was in Haran. And now the call of God comes to Abraham. Leave everything. You know, Abraham was a rich man. He had a lot of livestock, a lot of property, a lot of servants. But the problem is, when God's call came to leave everything, he responded to it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's when Abraham is established as the father of our generation, father of faith. Now why? Simple, because responding and surrendering to the call of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Moses, in the burning bush, Exodus chapter 3, verses 4, he hears the call of God. Moses had his own limitations. But, you know, Moses, who was very powerful in Pharaoh's kingdom, loses every grace when he tries to act independently. But the moment in Exodus chapter 3, he responds to the call of God, you see Moses a different person. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, therefore, you see constantly, you see in the Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 10, you see the Lord calling to Samuel, 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 here I am, Lord. Look at that response. Look at the response. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Peter, in Luke chapter 5, you know, from now onwards, I will make you fishers of man. Leave everything and follow me. Peter responded. Therefore, that's the greatness. Paul, in Acts chapter 9, verses 4, on the way to Damascus, he hears the voice of God. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He surrenders to the call of God, and Saul becomes St. Paul, one of the greatest evangelists the church has ever seen. Therefore, my dear brother, my dear sister, you know, the true greatness of a person is to surrender to the call of God. Here, Jonah is receiving a call. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. What was the call of Jonah? To go and prophesy, speak the word of God to the people of Nineveh. So what's your call and my call? Huh? Oh, yeah. So now the Jonahs are being developed here. Praise the Lord. So what's your call? Evangelize. Brother, even before that, there's one very basic call for all of us. You read that in Ephesians 1.4. Let's listen to that. Ephesians 1.4. Just as he chose us or called us in Christ before the foundation of the world. So what is our calling? 
Holiness is the first calling. Not straight away to evangelize. Brother, without holiness, you and I cannot evangelize anybody. Praise the Lord. We can't even evangelize ourselves without holiness. That's the truth. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7 says, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 7 says like this. For God did not call us to impurity, but in holiness. The word of God says, God did not call us to impurity, but in holiness. Can you read that? God did not call us to impurity. Yes, a call to holiness. Okay, apart from that, we also have our daily calling. For example, you know, according to the profession that we do, according to the ministry that we do. For example, if you're a, if you're a judge, so what is your calling if you're a judge? To render justice according to the truth. As a journalist, maybe, if you're a journalist, what is the calling as a journalist? To report the truth, not report alone, sister, to report the truth. So to be truthful in everything that we do, if you're called to evangelize, what brother? To be sincere in your call of evangelization. Therefore, we have our own calls in everything. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But now, what does Jonah do with this calling? God tells him, go east by land. And he goes west by the sea. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My dear brother, my dear sister, often this is our response to the call of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, God has a very specific calling. So Jonah's response to this call is negative. You know, often God's call is very difficult to respond to. But we need to understand that. You know, many people see, you know, always tell me, what's God's calling for me? What's God's calling for me? I've seen many people coming and asking us, brother, what's God's calling for me? You know, even before that, take a decision. Are you ready to be respond to the call of God? It's always very difficult. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Simple reason. You know, when we want to respond to the call of God, it always defies the human logic. Jonah had a human logic why he did not respond to God's call. We will look into that a little later. Praise the Lord. You know, the temptation of Jonah is the temptation of every one of us to run away from the calling of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now let's go back to Jonah now. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Go at once to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, God is telling a simple thing. Go and prophesy to the people of Nineveh. Forty days in Nineveh will be destroyed. Now, we all know that Jonah rebelled against it. But Jonah set out to flee to Tashish from the presence of God. I, I love this beautiful word of God. In verses 3 it says, But Jonah set out to flee to Tashish. We all know that. But the word of God includes this, from the presence of God. Now, my dear brother, my dear sister, when we you know, do not respond to the call of God. It's simply going away from the presence of God. Praise the Lord. Look at what happened to Adam. When he did not respond to the call of God, what did Adam do? He went and hid behind a bush. We move away from the presence of God. Praise the Lord. You know, what was the problem with Jonah? Why didn't he respond to the call of God? Brother, okay, you're saying reason number one, afraid. Any other reasons? Any other reasons why he did not respond? Okay, sister, good, love, loving God. Okay, let me tell you, there was nothing, no negative reasons for that. But it was a very positive reason. Jonah had immense, immense trust in the mercy of God. That's the reason he rebelled. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
He had immense trust in the mercy of God. He knew that God will definitely show mercy to his people. That's why he didn't want to be a fool there, going and prophesying 40 days and all these things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now what happens? Jonah now gets into a boat, you know, comfortably gets into a boat and goes to the belly of the boat, bottom of the boat, and he is sleeping there. You know, he went down to Joppa and found a ship to Tarshish. So he paid his fare and went on board to the, you know, and what happens? Jonah goes to the bottom of the sea and sleeps. My dear brothers and sisters, let's take the spiritual meaning here. When we don't respond to the call of God, when our call, when our response to the call of God is negative, we go to the bottom of our life. Praise the Lord. We hit the rock bottom. That's a reality. Praise the Lord. Fleeing away from the presence of God is going to the bottom of our life. And what is he doing there? He's sleeping. A spiritual sleeping. You know, in the biblical uh, meaning, what does sleeping mean? Or rather, okay, I, I'll, I'll make it a better word, brother. Rather than ignorance, not to be aware of. That's what it is. You are not, when you are biblically, when you mean sleeping, you are not aware of the existence of God, the existence of darkness around you. Very important, praise the Lord. The problem is, when we sleep spiritually, we are often not aware of what is happening around us. Negative forces take control at that time, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Remember, Samson, when he was sleeping on the laps of Delilah, Delilah, okay, what happened? He lost his anointing. Yes? Why, brother? Not aware of what is happening around him. Sleeping in the biblical terms means not aware. And was Jonah aware of what is happening there? You know, the word of God says, but Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and such mighty storm came upon the sea that the ship threatened to break up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at this. A mighty storm is coming there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, uh, storm in the sea, in the biblical terms, means something very, very dangerous. You know why it means? Absence of God. Absence of God. You know, um, what does the sea contain? Don't tell me water. Then she will say, whale, fish. What does the sea contain? Salt. What else, brother? Okay, let me tell you. On the last day, where does the dragon rise from? Revelations 13, 1 and 2. From the sea. You know, when the people of Israel were journeying towards the promised land, Red Sea was a block for them. So God did a miracle through the hands of Moses and they crossed over to dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to cross over, what happened? They got drowned in the sea. Who are the Israelites? Then who are the Egyptians? If Israelites are the chosen one, who are the Egyptians? In our spiritual language, Israelites means the chosen one, the prince of God. Similarly, in the biblical language, Egyptians means the powers of darkness. Babylonians means idol worshippers. It's a, it's a term we give. Now, where are the powers of darkness? In the bottom of the sea. In the New Testament, a person possessed with evil spirit, calling themselves legions, they request Jesus to send them to the pigs. Where do the pigs go and jump into? In the sea. So what does the sea contain, sister? 
powers of darkness. Powers of darkness. Praise the Lord. So now Jonah is in the sea without God. What do you expect there to happen? Storm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Brother, to understand this, I'll give you a little passage in the Bible. Can we go to John chapter 16, verse 15 onwards? Fifteen on John chapter six verses fifteen onwards. So this is after the multiplication of the bread. Jesus realizes that they want to capture him, make him king, because he gave fruit. So he withdrew away from them. Now what happens there? When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea and got into a boat and started across the sea. Ah. Okay, enough. It was now dark. Brother, why was it dark, brother? Night. Huh? Bible says evening. Bible says evening. Oh, by the time they got into the boat, it became night, no? Brother? Absence of light. Who is the light then? Okay, read the next verse. Oh, why was it dark? Absence of God. Now, Jonah is running away from the presence of God. So, absence of God. Now, what happened? Storm. Now, what happens there? And the sea became rough. Now, why did the sea become rough? What does the sea contain? So, they are trying to encounter the powers of darkness without. What do you expect there? Storms. You know why there are storms in our life? Why was a storm in the boat, you know, in the sea where Jonah was traveling? Simple. You know, he is in the sea without the presence of God. The sea is manifesting there. The powers of darkness is manifesting there. What gives freedom to the powers of darkness in our life? Our resistance to God. When Jonah resisted God, the powers of darkness started manifesting there, a mighty storm. When the disciples are crossing the sea without Jesus Christ, there's a mighty storm there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Later in these verses you find, Jesus is walking on the water. You know, what does walking on the water symbolize, brother? Okay, let me tell you. Catechism of the Catholic Church, article number 1220, says like this. If water springing from the earth symbolizes life, the water of the sea is a symbol of death and can represent the mystery of the cross. Church says it's a mystery of the cross. Jesus walking over the waters is a mystery of the cross. That means crushing the powers of darkness. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, now, Jonah is fleeing from God and that gives freedom to the powers of darkness. Do whatever they want. Praise the Lord. You know, it's a lesson from us. When we rebel against the call of God, when we do not respond to the call of God, when our response is negative to the call of God, we are giving freedom to the powers of darkness to do whatever he wants in our life. Praise the Lord. That's the primary reason for many of the problems in our life. Simple resistance to the will of God in our life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, think about it. How many times have we resisted the will of God? Storms are going to come. 
Are we clear? Yes, sister? It's thinking, how many storms have we faced? <laughs> One more is on the way. Be careful. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So God's call is always about the truth. You know, the trouble is boat is tossed up there. Tossed up and there. You know, we, our lives are tossed because of this. No, it's always a response to the truth. And Jonah is negating the truth of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now what happens there? Now the soul, you know, sailors said to one another, come, you know, we have to do something. They start throwing things out. My dear brothers and sisters, when there is a storm in your life, there's no point in throwing things out. What do we do? Storm is coming before your spouse. Throw the spouse out. Sister, seek the Lord. I will tell you something even more important to do. Yes, seeking the Lord is important. Praise the Lord. Now, the soldiers, they start throwing everything out. Am I right? But still nothing happens there. So they know, they know what to do. Then the sailors said to one another, you know, you know, they are seeing Jonah sleeping there. They are saying, the captain came up said to him, what are you doing? Sound asleep. Get up. Call on your God. Perhaps the God will spare us thought so that we do not perish. The sailors said to one another, come let us cast lots so that we may know on whose account this calamity has come upon us. Look at this beautiful. On whose account has the calamity come upon us? My dear brother, my dear sister, when the calamity is in our life, we need to understand on why is this calamity unless we understand the reason for that calamity and deal with that. The storm is not going to stop in our life. Praise the Lord. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Very good. Praise the Lord. Then they said to him, tell us why the calamity has come upon us. What is your occupation? What are you come from? What is your country? And what are your people? All these questions are there. Then he said, I'm a Hebrew, the one who worships a true and living God. Look at Jonah's faith is not at all a question here. He says, I am a person who worships the true living God. Then they are even more terrified. They said to them, what shall we do to you then, that the sea may quieten down? For the sea was growing. He said to them, pick me up and throw. That's I am the only reason. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Pick me up and throw into the sea. Nevertheless, the men were said, no, we can't do all these things we are doing on. Finally, they had to nothing to do but throw Jonah into the sister. So if there are storms in your life, what do you have to do? Throw the person outside. Sister. Huh? Know the reason. So you have to throw something into the sea, no? Mika chapter 7 verses 19. Mika 7 19. Yes. He will again have compassion upon us. So what do you have to throw into the sea, sister? Not your spouse, not your neighbor, not your you know, children, not your friend. Whom what do you have to throw? Throw your sin into the sea. You will cast all our sin to the bottom of the sea. You know, the only way, when Jonah was thrown into the sea, there was a calm there. Yes, brother, for the calmness to come in our life, for the storms of our life to disappear, and if there has to be a calm, sin has to be thrown into the sea. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You cannot live with sin and expect God to come and have an encounter with you. Very difficult. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Throw that sin into the sea. You will cast all our sins into the bottom of the sea and let you be cast into the bottom of the sea. Praise the Lord. 
Hallelujah. This itself is a sign of repentance. You know, after Jonah is thrown into sea, what happens then? You know, um, then the men feared the Lord. Okay, what happened? So they picked up Jonah up and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its, you know, raging. Look at that. The moment sin is thrown out of our life, there will be a calm in your life and my life. Praise the Lord. Because the presence of God comes back to you and me. You know, it's a beautiful lesson in this book of Jonah. It's not only about repentance, brother. Our response to the call of God itself. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what I said. Call of holiness. Now, what's, you know, what happens there? But the Lord provided a large fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, what did God do there? He did not abandon Jonah in that sinfulness. You know, he sends a whale fish to swallow him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, what happens there? If we do not respond to the will of God, God will send a fish to swallow you and me. A whale, just a whale to swallow you and me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Don't allow the whale to swallow into you and me. You know, it's always about, you know, what do you mean by, sister, what do you mean by the whale swallowing you and me? Anybody can respond. And darkness, sister. God's will swallowing your will. That's all. When we say the whale swallowed Swanam, you know, spiritually, we have to look at the spiritual angle of it. Just don't read the Bible just like that. You know, that's very easy to say whale swallowed him and he was there three days, three nights. No, what is the message for you and me there? God's will swallowing your will and my will. Allow the will of God to swallow your will. And that's the only way we can come back in the presence of God. Praise the Lord. I cannot you know, establish my own will and say I'm in the presence of God. That's not biblical. That's not spiritual. You know, only if the will of God swallows your will and my will, we are saved. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, if you don't respond, that's what will happen to you and me. Now, what happens there? That's what the interesting now. After that, we see chapter 2, which I'm not going to touch now. Jonah is praying. The prayer of Jonah in the belly of the fish. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a wonderful prayer. We won't go into that now. Then what happens? The third chapter begins by the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. My dear brothers and sisters, you know, I want you to you know, link this later to something else if time permits. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. God's call for you and me will never desert you and me. God will come behind you and me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Don't try to run away brothers and sisters. He will corner you somewhere else. So rather, respond to it. Respond to it. And then Jonah goes to Nineveh. And he, you know, he, he, he calls, you know, he calls for repentance. He says, 40 days and Nineveh will be perished. But the beauty of these things, the people respond to this call of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And that's what we need to understand. You know, the response is very important. It's not our sinful nature that's, that's a block. Our response when God reminds us of our sinful nature. Maybe one or two word of God we will look into. Romans chapter 2 verses 4. Romans 2 4. Yeah, God's kindness is always to lead us to repentance. Here, you know, God is merciful God. Okay, I won't go deep into this chapter also because it's more about repentance, which many of us are aware of. 
maybe we'll spare that for another day when we talk about repentance or something now look at this you know god's kindness god's richness is always to lead us to repentance we also read 2 corinthians 7:10 2 corinthians 7:10 <coughs> godly grief produces a repentance yes that leads to salvation mm okay now it always says godly grief always leads to repentance so when there is a difficulty it's a call to repent about it also okay fine we all know this they repented and god's heart melted and god gave forgave the sins of nineveh we all know that but the problem starts here in chapter 4 word of god says but this was displeasing to jonah you know why was it displeasing to jonah why you have to send me if you're going to save them you know jonah knew that that's why i said jonah had immense confidence in the mercy of god he knew that you know the moment somebody repents god's heart will melt so he knew that but then he did not understand the call of god you know when jonah is called to go and proclaim a prophet a prophet is not to look for results prophesizing prophesizing means speaking the word of god is not result oriented but rather being faithful you see you know there's a problem with jonah he wanted to see the result of it you know read further you know what happens then it says he prayed to the lord and said oh lord is not this what i said when i was in my own country this is what i felt that is i know that you are a gracious and merciful slow to anger abundant mercy all that is fine praise the lord the word now says no then jonah verses 5 says then jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city made a booth for himself there he sat under the the shade waiting to see what would become of the city look at that you know if god told him go and proclaim he should proclaim am i right why is he waiting to see whether his prophecy came true or not this is what is the problem in our own calling it's not only responding how we react after that how we react after that is very important you know that's one of the ways to respond to the calling you know there's a beautiful example i think it's a book of isaiah chapter 38 can you read that isaiah 38 if i'm right hezekiah's death is it that chapter okay yeah can you read that ah uh, hezekiah became sick was on the point of death hmm okay now the word of god is coming to isaiah go tell hezekiah that he is going to die so ezekiel you know isaiah responds to this call of god he goes to the room of ezekiel and tells him set your house in order you're going to die praise the lord and what does he do he's sitting there waiting to see whether ezekiel will die did he do that no what did he do he just walked out he said what he has to say and he walked out now The moment he said this Hezekiah starts turning to God and praying like the people of Nineveh and God said no okay I'll add another 15 years so Isaiah had not even gone to the outer court courtyard another word of God comes to him 
go and tell Hezekiah that I have added 15 years to his life. Isaiah must have thought, what a fool I am. Just now I went and told him that you're going to die. And now God is telling me, go. What will he think about me? Same thing that happened to Jonah. But what was the response of Isaiah? He turned back and told him, God has added 15 years. And he went off. Praise the Lord. Look at the difference, Dave. Look at the difference, Dave. Praise the Lord. This is where Jonah is slipping. This is where you and I, many of us who are called, slip in our calling. We wait for result. My dear brother, my dear sister, our calling is not about producing result. It's about being faithful. It's about being faithful. Jesus, you know what? Now Jonah goes and sits under a tree. Now Jesus also was called, you know, called for a mission to save the whole world. When Jesus finished his mission, was the whole world saved? Not yet. Praise the Lord. But Jesus didn't wait for that. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, that's what we need to understand from this. Okay. Now, I'll come to a little more, something more interesting for you and me. Now, when you read the New Testament, there's a reference of Jonah there. Where do you find the reference of Jonah? When, brother? In yesterday's gospel. Yesterday's gospel. Yes. Luke chapter 20, 11. I think it's 29 to 31. Let's listen to that. Listen to that now. Luke 11, 29 to 31. Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh. Okay, that's enough. Now, there is a mention of Jonah there. Now, there is also another mention of Jonah in the gospel, brother. Does anybody know anything about it? When you go to the gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 16, I think it's verses 19 or 20. When Peter confesses that Jesus is the Messiah, what happens, Dave? Yeah, brother? Son of Jonah, flesh and blood, no? Can you read that? Yeah. Okay, 17, yeah. Jesus answered him. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Now, when you look at the life of Jonah, you see something parallel in the life of Peter. Peter was also called from the sea, out of the sea, to go and proclaim to the people. He also rebelled and went back into the sea. Three times, God had to come and tell him, Simon, do you love me? Three days, Jonah was in the belly of the fish. Are we seeing Simon Peter as a new Jonah? Yes, brother? Praise the Lord. Brother, Jesus is calling him Simon, son of Jonah. But in John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 39 onwards, when Andrew brings Simon Peter to Jesus Christ, he says, you are Peter, son of John. Is he the son of Jonah or son of John? Is Jesus calling him the new Jonah? 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Remember, Jesus said, no sign will be given to you except the sign of Jonah. Who is the new Jonah? Jesus is the new Jonah. Jesus is the new Jonah. Praise the Lord. And Simon Peter is the son of God. Jesus is God himself. When he says, son of Jonah, he is saying, son of God. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you, Jonah was called to go and proclaim repentance. Yes, Jesus was called, sent to go and proclaim repentance. Yes, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, Jonah was in the belly of the boat sleeping. Yes, Jesus is in the bottom of the boat sleeping. Can you read Luke 8.22 onwards? Luke 8.22 onwards. When Jonah is sleeping in the bottom of the boat, there is a mighty storm there. When Jesus is sleeping in the bottom of the boat, there is a mighty storm there. Luke 8.22 onwards. Oh, Jesus is sleeping in the boat. Jonah was sleeping in the boat. Jesus is also sleeping in the boat. Yeah. A mighty storm is coming on the sea when um, Jonah is sleeping in the boat. When Jesus is sleeping in the boat, there's another storm. Still, reason for the storms in our life is not only the absence of Jesus. You said that, no? It's not only the absence of Jesus. Even if Jesus is sleeping in our life, there can be storms. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at that. A storm is happening there. Yes? Then, Jonah was thrown into the sea. Praise the Lord. Jesus was thrown to the bottom of the earth. Jonah was in the belly of the bone of a fish for three days and three nights. Jesus is in the tomb for three days and three nights. Yes? Praise the Lord. Are we seeing a new Jonah there? Praise the Lord. Then Jonah comes out of that, you know, on the belly of the fish and proclaims repentance. Jesus, even after his resurrection, he is still proclaiming repentance to you and me. Praise the Lord. When Jonah proclaimed repentance, there was a conversion. When Jesus calls out for a repentance, there is a conversion. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But the difference is the new Jonah responded to the call of God whereas the old Jonah always looked for result in his calling. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Then, when Jonah uh, proclaimed repentance, people repented. Yes? And there was a change. Now, Jonah went and sat under a tree. Praise the Lord. Because he was unhappy about his mission. Yes, he was unhappy. The word of God says Jonah was not happy about it. So, he went and sat under a tree. But Jesus, was he happy about his mission? So he did not sit under the tree. He hung himself on the tree. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And he finished. He told God, my mission is finished. The new Jonah for you and me. That's why Jesus is calling Simon Peter, I want you to follow in my footsteps. You are the son of Jonah. You are called to follow what I'm telling you to do. Praise the Lord. Then Peter also had to be sent out on his mission. And Peter carries forward this. Through Peter, the church is carrying forward the mission of Jonah. That's why Jesus said, no other sign will be given to you except the sign of Jonah. Except the sign of call to repentance 
and my resurrection and coming back to life is the only sign that will be given. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. From the old Jonah comes a new Jonah, Jesus Christ for you and me, to fulfill the mission of all, calling each one of us to repentance, cleaning every one of us in a mission. When Jesus rose, rose, what did he say? Go into the world and proclaim the good news. A sent out, a calling and a commission is also happening there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Everyone who responds to the new Jonah will find meaning in their life. Are we ready to respond to the new Jonah? <coughs> yes or no? Are we all ready for the new Jonah to be effective in our life? Praise the Lord. The moment we respond to the call of the new Jonah, we all, our life becomes meaningful. The purpose of God is fulfilled in you and me. And there will not be any storms in our life. Yes, storms will be there. But no storm will overthrow you and me. Praise the Lord. There were storms in the life of the apostles when they responded to the new Jonah. But it did not <coughs> throw them out of life. Praise the Lord. In fact, when they responded to the call of the new Jonah, they became more stronger and stronger. That is the secret of the calling of Jonah. This is the lesson that Lord wants to talk to you and me through the call of Jonah. Let's close our eyes for a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful example in the Bible you give us through the life of Jonah. A calling, a commissioning, a response, a prayer, a negative response, a prayer, a calling once again and a positive response and the attitude towards the result of that response. But then we also have the example of the new Jonah, Jesus Christ in front of us. A calling, a commissioning, a response to that, a fulfilling the purpose, and then entrusting the calling back to every one of us, to the church today. Give us a grace, Lord, to look at the new Jonah and respond to the call as the apostles responded, as the early church responded. Give us the grace to respond to the new Jonah. Heavenly Father, we make this prayer in the mighty and matchless name of your Son, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. God bless you, and thank you. Thank you, Brother Father.